Amen. We're so glad that you guys are here today. For those of you that are tuning in, uh, watching us uh, online, uh, I know you're thinking, man, uh, where's the music at? Well, guess what? You forgot and woke up uh, late, and so we started at 10, so you just got me today. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> what a blessing. Uh, so we're glad that you guys are here, both online and in the house today. Uh, I believe God's got such a cool word for you guys this morning, and we're so pumped about sharing that with you. And uh, matter of fact, we're in this sermon series called Go, Actions That Impact Eternity. I want you to let that sink in and how cool this is. This is so significant. It's so important for us to contemplate uh, all of that together with you guys today. And it's going to be awesome that we get a chance to share that with you this morning. Well, uh, let's dive into it. And so let me set you guys up a little bit because I think we're going to relate with you all where you all are at this morning in this whole idea about going. And I know some of you are still on the fence because, man, I'm just not comfortable talking to anybody about Jesus. And so we're going to help you out today, all right? Uh, so um, I remember 1983, uh, my parents dropped me off. They're driving a 1979 Chevy Chevette. Uh, Google that, and it's about as big as uh, Tanner's keyboard. And so uh, all of our family's fat, so we're in, the, uh, in this little Chevette. The wheels tip in inside, and we're going down the road from southern Illinois to Nashville, Tennessee. And my parents dropped me off. And you have to remember, I grew up country. I mean, I'm talking about cornfields, and I grew up country, and so I've only been out of the county like a handful of times my entire life, and when my parents dropped me off for college, all right, Grace, this was way worse, when my parents dropped me off for college, I was literally terrified. Nashville, Tennessee, I ain't ever seen nothing so big in all my life. I grew up in a town with 350 people. Salute. You may watch E Hall. Anyway, and so uh, that was where I grew up. And so we're in Nashville, Tennessee. <laughs> that wasn't in my notes. Uh, and anyway, uh, we, we, and so they dropped me off. I'm terrified. Uh, I'm scared to death. And even though I didn't have a great home situation, I wanted to crawl back into that Chevette and try to figure out how to get in there. And, but the college did something really fascinating and intentional. Immediately that night, they had a huge party for all the students. And now you understand, <laughs> for all of you Ole Miss and Mississippi State people, this is not your all party in Oxford and Starkville that you guys are used to. All right, this was a Bible college. So we met in the gym. And we had, no kidding, milk and cookies. <laughs> and so a little different than what some of you all uh, went to in your freshman uh, experience. And so we had milk and cookies, no exaggeration. Uh, there, you couldn't wear shorts. If any of you grew up for real bad, you understand what I'm going here, illegalism. Uh, so there was no short wearing. Uh, the, the girls all had culottes on. The only thing that you were allowed to see was their ankles. So I'm just saying. So it was, uh, those things were so ugly. Uh, and anyway, uh, and so uh, some of the younger parents, what's a culotte? But anyway, and so uh, that was sort of our atmosphere, but at least it kept us busy that night. And they were very intentional about getting us registered for classes, and we went through all, of, and it took like two or three days, and it was actually a lot larger then. And so we went through all this stuff, so we were just swamped. I didn't even have time to call home. 
Now, for those of you that are uh, millennials, Gen Zs, and all the way down, the rest of you guys, uh, back in the, you have to remember it. When my parents dropped me off, not only did I not they. <laughs> Not only did I not have a cell phone, they had never even thought about that technology yet, but all we had, not only did I have a landline, we had something, you can Google this when you get home today, uh, but we had things in those days called pay phones. And you would literally put quarters in it, and you would make calls, and so the way it would work is after talking for about five minutes on the first you know, dollar of quarters that you put in there, this operator would interrupt your call and it freaked you out because you're talking to mama, you know, I want you to come get me, I want to go home. And all of a sudden this really weird lady would come on there, excuse me, but you need to add another quarter if you want to talk for another minute. And I'm like, get off my conversation, I want to go home with my mama. Uh, and anyway, so I'm arguing with this lady and she just said, put another quarter in or I will hang you up. So that was how your life went in those days. And I know you guys are thinking that's really weird, but it was. And so the college was so intentional about helping us want to stay because they knew there was a lot of people like me, weird. And so what they did is they kept us busy. Then all of a sudden the, the um, returning students came in and they would walk us around campus and they would teach us because <laughs> I know man I hate this part of the sermon because I feel like such a geezer put me in a home but we didn't even have computers back then and so they would teach us how to take notes on a yellow pad with a piece with a pencil or a pen and we did have electric typewriters though okay uh, anyway and so uh, so they had all of these things that they were teaching us because they wanted to keep us from getting homesick they wanted us to get prepared that you can make it through this and you can do this and they would take us around campus and they would tell us, you know, this is what you're going to be like. Uh, because we were so legalist, they would say this is the only <laughs> grocery store in Nashville that doesn't sell alcohol. So that's the only store that you can get. We were just so stupid. Anyway, and so uh, they would tell us all these rules and all these things. And they would tell us what professors that we couldn't, you know, you want to avoid and what girls to stay away from. And I didn't listen because I had my high school sweetheart. But anyway, so all these rules and all these things were going on. Uh, and they intended to prepare us so that we wouldn't leave and that we would actually make it through and we would be able to do this. Well, this morning, um, I want to remind you and I today that a lot of times what happens in our life is that we feel ill-equipped to do this whole thing about Christianity and about doing the Great Commission that we've been talking to you about and we struggle. Yeah, Pastor Terry, I, I love the fact that you're talking to us about living our life intentional, making an impact for eternity. I agree, but I'm just not sure that I'm prepared to do that. Well, I got great news for you today, because in this sermon this morning and in this entire series, as we've delved into this text here in Matthew 28, we've been teaching you guys how to really be able to do this. And so this morning, just like they did back with me in college, I want to equip you, get past your fears, get past the thing that you think you can't do this. I want you guys to go and to share the good news and to go passionately. Matter of fact, that is the title of my sermon this morning of how that we're going to teach you guys uh, to go passionately for Jesus Christ because we're going to do what my college did for me back in the day is we're going to prepare you and equip you that you guys can do this. You can stick this out. We can make an impact for eternity. Now, the Great Commission is really clear. Uh, there's no ambiguity of what Jesus' final words were. And here's what we've learned so far. Uh, we're, we're not going to spend as much time on the theology of this. Go back and listen to the last three weeks of this sermon series. But here's the, uh, the summary. 
Let me sum up what we've been doing. You have the ability to go because Jesus says in Matthew 28, all authority has been given to me in heaven and in earth. Now look at me this morning. We have guilted you. We have tried to make you feel bad. We've tried to give you programs and come out on Thursday nights. We've done all of these things over the years to try to get you all to share your faith. And to be honest with you, the church has sucked at it. You haven't done very well with it. We haven't done very well with it. It's because we really just tried to Americanize the Great Commission. Jesus simply says, I want everyone to go. I created all of you all, you introverts, extroverts, and whatever verts you are, uh, he's created all of you to go. And, and, and here's the reason you can go. is because all authority, Jesus says, has been given to me, and I will go with you to the end of the age. We don't go alone. We don't go alone. And so he says, as you go, and he's not talking about, and this is a summary of what we've been teaching you, to go to Africa or to go to, uh, you know, wherever. He's not telling you, I want you to go on a mission trip. He's saying, what I want you to do as you go is in the text. And we taught you guys this, that as you go to work, as you go to school, uh, as you go to the gym tomorrow morning, whatever, uh, is uh, imaginary. As you go to the nutrition shop or the uh, Starbucks tomorrow morning, I, as you go, I want you to take me with you and just speak Jesus as you go. So it's a whole different game changer concept that, that Jesus was saying, and this is what the text says, and here's what Dr. Danny Aiken summarizes what we've been trying to teach you guys. Obedience to the Great Commission isn't a man-made program nor is it our own willpower that leads us to go. I want you to take a picture of that because this is what we've been trying to summarize into your life. It's not some new fad program that, that Connect Church has come up with. What we're doing is we're just going back to the Bible. And so one last fear, just like I was in college, well, I don't know if I can do this or not. God is not asking you, and what you're going to learn this morning, God is not asking you to go up to complete strangers and to look at them. You ready for this, Bobby? He's not asking you to go to strangers tomorrow, just walk up to them at work, on the street or whatever, and go, dude, turn or burn. All right, so, so <laughs> that was the phrase that we had a couple years ago. He's not asking you to go tell people, you know, turn or burn. What he's asking you to do is he's saying, I'm going to prepare people that I want you to go talk to. I'm going to already be at work in their life. I'm, somebody's been praying for them. You're going to hear a cool story today about, I, I think it's going, to be, it's going to blow your mind. Do you know that God is trying to answer prayers of people, not only in this room, but all over this world, that have been praying for their lost son to get saved, their grandma to get saved, their cousin to get saved, and do you know that what we're going to help you do is that God is at work answering those prayers, and he wants to use you to be the vehicle that draws them in. That's what we're talking about. As you go, you're going to be the answer to someone's prayers for an unsaved. We're, we're going to unpack what that looks like. It's just, I could watch your all's minds right there. Go. Uh, so what he's talking about is we got to get passionate about going. And, and so turn your Bibles, Matthew 28. We're going to unpack that again for uh, just a minute here this morning. So let me give you one last part of this about we want to go passionately and talk to people that Jesus has prepared for us to talk to 
And so let's get passionate about talking about Jesus. Y'all talk about whatever you're passionate about. For some of you, I was walking around the building this morning, and y'all are, uh, I don't get it because I don't drink coffee, but some of you all are like seriously passionate about coffee. James, I appreciate you being here this morning. For all you State fans, it was in Starkville last night, and the game got over at 4 a.m. Uh, uh, I know that coffee deal is a big deal for you all this morning. Uh, you guys are passionate about certain things, and you talk about them. So it's football season. You ready? Are you guys ready for some football? Yeah. All right. See, they get more excited about that than you did the church service. Anyway, uh, you, uh, in Mississippi, one thing I've learned after 21 years here is that you guys love football. And so this is, you know, forget summer, man. Uh, let's go to the football. Let's get September rolling. And, and, and so hang on. I'm going to get the rest of you. And so you're, you're excited. You guys are talking about it. And, you, and this is what happens every year. All you Morville, Saltilla, Pontotoc, Tupelo people, you're like, man, this is our high school year. Man, this is our senior year. Our team's loaded. We're going to do good. And you guys are so pumped. Man, you got your Tigers and you got your Troopers and you got your Vikings or whatever else you all are in Pontotoc. And you got all this stuff going on. And you're so excited about your team. You see, I'm gifted with sarcasm and a dose of reality for those of you that are pie-in-the-sky people. Can I just say one word? November. Because more than likely, <laughs> you'll be thinking about basketball. <laughs> I'm just saying. So the truth of the matter is, is that just the reality? That's so cold and so rude. Uh, and, and so let me burst your bubble. And by the way, look at me, all you uh, state and rebel fans. I, uh, so I got news for you. Uh, I got one word for you guys. I got two words for you guys. Undefeated. I know you guys are just like, man, this is our year. This is the year, man. We've we got it going on. I got two words for you. Mid. September. <laughs> all right, so anyway, uh, so it's coming, SEC. Uh, all right, so anyway, uh, so that's reality. Sorry, for the, but some of y'all need reality checked. Uh, and so, uh, but we love to talk about it because right now we're excited and this is going to be our year. But you're sitting there and you're thinking, man, I hate sports and I hate football and Tanner and his sunburn. I hope it hurts, you know, because I hate football. And so uh, all these kind of things. So let me talk to all of you non- <laughs> Let me talk to all you non-athletic folks that, uh, that played in the band. Amen. And not that you're necessarily non-athletic, but you just, oh, Angela was. But anyway, but that, that you played in the band. And so uh, you guys are just as important to all of this because you don't like talking about sports and just, you know, whatever. But man, whew, had the time of my life as a pastor over these years to go to watch your kids play in the band. And you would go on and on. That's my kid on the tuba. That's my kid on the, the, the it's not, they don't have guitars in me. That's my kid on the drums, and that's my kid or whatever. And, and I've got to be honest with you, I'm musically challenged. And so y'all are pointing out there. I was at an Ole Miss game, and I was texting Bobby and Angel, and they were telling me, see Madison out there. She's walking, and she's marching and doing all this thing. I'm up in the stands. I have no flipping clue where Madison is at. And they're going, you see her, do you see her? She's out there and she's marching and all that. And I was wanting to text back, if you want me to watch your kid in the band, then put a number on their back. <laughs> I can't tell which one is which. They're all playing the same instruments to me. They all look the same. And, and so put 63 on Madison's back. I'll go, oh, yeah, that's her. Uh, but, but I couldn't tell who was who. And, and so, but you guys love to talk about the band. You love to talk about your sports and your football and you're passionate about it. 
man, there's nothing any bigger deal for you than your kid marching in the band and playing and watching them go. You don't know about the football game, but man, you will tell every detail about your kid and you're just praying they don't trip and fall and break that $800 tuba. But you're passionate about talking about your kid. So let's go passionately and let's talk about Jesus Christ. Can I tell you something that's bigger than football that will last and will win? Can I tell you something that's going to last longer than your kid in a band? And by the way, when they graduate, all that money and time, they'll never pick that instrument up again. Sorry. But anyway, you know, I'm just, man, I'm really downer today. So the truth of the reality is all of that stuff that goes on in our life. Can I tell you about a winner that you do want to invest in? There is a person all time that lives today, and his name is Jesus Christ. And God so loved you and me that he sent his perfect, holy son, Trinity, that was at the very beginning, Jim, and he was there when the universe was spoke into existence. And he created you in his image, he designed you. And I know you're thinking, man, I don't feel like it, but I'm telling you, you are made in the image of God, and he has a plan. Are you listening to me, young people? He has a purpose for your life, and that's what we do here at Connect Church, is we connect you to God's original creation and to help you live your life with meaning and purpose in your marriage when you're young, when you're old. He has a plan, and he wants you to discover it. And here's how you get to discover it. You and I are cursed in sin. We are flawed from head to toe. Can I get a witness? Some of y'all tried to do your hair this morning and you were just pitching a fit and you did not have a holy moment because that curl would not go there. Whatever it was going on, it would not straighten out. I got news for you. There is a God who wants to redeem all of this. One day we're going to spend eternity with him and we're not going to fly around like angels. You realize heaven is just this planet. I was reading this morning, I was was researching for our staff retreat and had some extra time and and I was just reading about uh, this new book that's coming out is it's uh the god in the garden and and it just got all over me josh because you realize that that god one day is going to restore this planet and i'm telling you you're going to go to a ball game and and you're not going to get sunburned tanner god is going to take everything that's carnal everything that's wicked. we're not going to a flyaway angel place just what i'm telling you he's going to redeem this planet earth he's going to take us back to genesis because god's really good at redeeming what's broken and making it new again And not only that's why you live for eternity, not to just fly around, but you're going to have meaning, you're going to do stuff in heaven, you're going to be busy, and you're going to get to play in a band, and everybody's going to love it, and we're going to know who you are. Because God is so good. He's got so much for you all to do for the rest of eternity. Now the question is, are you going to get on board with passionately sharing that good news so your friends, so your family, so our neighbors, so people around the world don't miss heaven and wind up in hell? We've got to go passionately. If we're going to talk about our band, if we're going to talk about our our football, then let's get passionate in talking about Jesus. You guys can do this. And so I want to remind you that we have something to talk about that wins every time that we do win the championship. We have a promise of eternity.
So let's look at the text that launches all of this truth for us this morning. Matthew 28 and verse 16. Notice what the text says. Let's do this this morning a little bit differently. We're going to bring it up on the screen. And uh, we're going to do an old school thing here. Back in the day, we used to do this occasionally. And I used to do that regularly, but we're going to do this today. And I want us to read this together. And so we're going to, we called it responsive reading in the liturgy of church stuff, but we're going to do this uh, today. We're going to read this together. So I just want you to read out loud, and, um, and I want you to, let's just read this out loud together. And so I just think, I want it to sink into your heart and to really get this. You ready? On the count of three, let's just start reading together. One, two, three. Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, of the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Isn't that awesome? This is why we call this the Great Commission, because it's Jesus' final words on planet planet Earth. It just screams that this is something important, the passion that Jesus wanted you and I to get. He took a group of about 500 people that we learned three weeks ago on top of a mountain, and he said unto them, and he spoke unto them, and he wanted this to be the last thing they heard from him so that as he left and went to glory, it would be pulsating in their hearts, passionate about this is what I want you to do. He didn't tell you, I want you all to become successful in life. I want you to raise great kids. I want you to have all your dreams fulfilled. I want you all to become great Sunday school teachers. I want you all to become musicians in the band. Now he says, go and make disciples. Drop the mic. Where in the world have we got off at doing everything but going and making disciples? And you wonder why churches in you and your faith It's dying and drying up because we missed this. And I think this is why we missed it. Here's what uh, I want you to understand about the text. Ordinary people who know him personally, who place their trust in Christ. This is the crowd. This is the description in the Bible commentaries of the crowd that Jesus spoke to. Ordinary people who just knew him personally, who placed their trust in him and shared his message of salvation wherever they went. You see, those gathered on the mountain were not spiritual celebrities. They were not superstar Christians. Whoa! They were people just like you. They were fishermen. They were tax collectors. They're everyday people who suited it up, who went to work, who got an education, whatever. And he just said, I want you all to go. And they had questions. And if you read the New Testament, if you go through discipleship with us in the Gospel of John, uh, again, for all of you that think that, oh, we've just got super saints or whatever, no, no, no. These people are filled with doubts. 
These people got questions. These people failed to follow Jesus just like you all. And yet he said, that's the ones I want to go passionately. They had no program. You know how some of us think, and this is the way we used to do church, so messed up. Well, if I could just take another seminar, we need a church program that tells me how to make. No, you don't. You just got to go do it. Quit making excuses. He's saying, it's, you don't need another program. I don't need you to dress up and wear a certain style of clothes. In other words, I don't need you to go into the streets and wear white shirts and ride bicycles to tell the world about me. I don't need you guys to um, identify that you're wearing super Christian shirts to go tell people about me. And by the way, I don't need you to wear a suit and tie to go tell people about me. What I need you to do is just be you. Wherever you go, working on cars, building furniture, working in an office, as you go, as you go, speak Jesus everywhere you go. This is it. This is his only plan. There's no backup plan. He says, you don't, and this is another one that just irritates me, is I don't, you don't, it, notice what he says. You notice what he says in Matthew. It's in the hidden verses here. It's in the original language. You have to have a seminary Bible college degree for you to make disciples. You realize that none of these guys had one scintilla of a degree. They never went to Bible college. They never wore culottes. They never, ever had a class on how to dress and eat with etiquette. By the way, I took the class on eating. They actually had that in my college, and I uh, got an F, and I'm very proud of that. If you've ever seen me eat, you totally understand that. I don't ever fit the preacher mold, and I'm good with that. I want you to get out your notes this morning. Pastor Nielsen Searcy is going to share with us. Uh, I'm going to borrow from him. That means in Christian terms, pastoral terms, I'm going to steal some ideas from him. Uh, And I want to share with you these three ideas about how to go passionately. uh, And we're going to look at three ways that Jesus asked us to go passionately with our faith. And and we're going to wrap this up by just being very practical with you guys. Number one, how do we live out these verses? We got to be available for God to use me. Oh, this is good. Everybody, get out your notes right now. I want everybody to write this down. Take a picture of the screen because this is what, this is your money right here. This is why you came today. This is, this is it. I want you to write down this phrase, be available for God to use me. If you mean that, I want you to get these three words down and we're going to say them together, all right? I want us to say this out loud together and I want you to really do this reverently and I want you to do this spiritually because this is a game changer. Do you believe that God wants to bring meaning and purpose into your marriage, into your parenting as a single? Do you think that God has a purpose for your life? He does. And some of you all are frustrated with your faith. Are you getting this this morning? Because my kids are not turning out like I thought. I took them to church and Andrew didn't save them right. I go to church someday, some Sundays, and man, I just, you know, I didn't enjoy the music, and you know, the guy yells all the time at the preacher, and why doesn't he just chill a little bit and just give us a nice little happy thing? Why are we missing out in life? 
because we're missing out on this purpose that God wants to use you to go. God use me. And he's going to bring meaning and purpose into your life that's been missing because you're not letting him use you. And the first way to let him use you is you've got to pray and say, God, use me. You ready? On the count of three, we're going to say this together. One, two, three. God, use me. Oh, we can do better than that. All right, let's shout it out like you really mean it because some of you are going, I don't want to be used by God. I just like my little boring life. All right, on the count of three, we're going to say this together. One, two, three. God, use me. Man, I'm telling you, the most significant thing that God's going to do is when we really begin to pray this and you let this mull over in your mind and your heart, uh, I'm telling you, God's going to change your life. He's going to bring meaning and purpose, and he's going to use you guys. Here's what you need to know this morning. God, look, write this down, God specializes in using ordinary people to do extraordinary things. We've got to get past this super Christian, we need to wear white shirts and ride a bike. I'm telling you, he wants to use you where you guys go at. He's not looking for the most talented people. How would we do church the same way we've done it? I love that song, Tanner. I don't know if we ever sang that before. It was good, that third song in the mix today. And uh, is it new? All right, cool, all right. And, um, but I love what that line at the end was. Are you ready to get over religion? Are you ready to get over your tradition? You see how we've done church? Is we said, let's pick out who we think look like the best Christians. And those people are the ones that are supposed to go. <laughs> and Jesus in the word does the exact opposite. God wants to use a Brian. He wants to use uh, you guys. He wants to just use, you know, uh, a Jim. He wants to use a Matt. He wants to use you guys and equip you to go where you guys go. He wants to use a Bubba. I'm sure in all the annicles of theology and church history that they never had listed, God wants to use a Bubba. <laughs> I don't know that that was, that was ever thought of or discussed, but he does. That's who the 12 disciples were. They were just Bubba's, and they were you. They were ordinary people. And he says, and, and here's what he's looking for. You see, my availability, and this is good, my availability precedes God's ability to act in my life. All God is asking you guys to do is be available. My availability precedes God's ability to act in my life. So what does that look like where I become available? I'm going to ask uh, Josh and Rand if they would have come up on stage with me this morning. And, and I want you to guys to see what it looks like for God to just use you when you're available. Uh, Rand, this is your part. Yeah, quit writing notes down. All right, so he's such a school teacher. So here's, uh, we got Josh and we got Rand up here this morning. And uh, we got a mic for him. And so we'll start off with you, Josh. And I'm going to just ask you guys a couple of questions about how God is using you. Yeah, just face them. Don't look at me. And so uh, they want to smile. All right, and so I want to talk to you guys. Mark Garrett was supposed to be here. He had to cancel out this morning. I had my Spanish down for Mark. He's one of our Spanish teachers in our local school here in Tupelo, and I was going to say to him, you ready, Hector? Como te sientes hoy? Is that pretty good? So, so yeah, <laughs> Keenan's going, what? Anyway, but uh, so uh, I had it down. I was going to impress him. Like, it was, how are you? Uh, so anyway, but uh, this morning, uh, you want me to say that to you? <laughs> no, you, you teach what grade? 
Yeah, it's not Spanish either, right? Okay, okay, good. Sorry, anyway, uh, and you're history, so you don't even care. All right, so anyway, uh, I, I brought these guys up because I wanted you to see, these are just, th- is this not a picture of ordinary us three? Uh, I'll say, all right, and so I want you guys to see that God is not looking for extraordinary. He's just looking to use you and us to share his good news. Are you available? So Mark uh, Garrett, uh, one of our senior members of our teaching crew, we've got 15 to 20 or plus teachers in our church. And so uh, obviously the United States of America, and this is so painful to say, doesn't want you mentioning Jesus, the Bible, in our schools because after all, we wouldn't want our kids to grow up safe and moral. Just thought I'd throw it out there, but that's the laws of our country. So we've got to deal with that. So, Josh, um, are you ever allowed to ever speak Jesus into anybody? Because I know it's against the rules, against the law. Uh, for you as a teacher, you can't go in with the Bible, and I get that. But so tell me how God has used you in, in spite of the laws, not to violate them, but how to obey them and yet still speak Jesus, uh, even in a public school. <laughs> Caitlin would get hungry. So yes, yes, yes. So even when the rules and the laws say that you can't do that, you're looking for opportunities to speak Jesus into their hearts and lives. And guys, this is it. This is not saying that he's got to go to school and wear the white shirt and the bike. He just goes in and he just is a teacher. And when the kid brings it up, and by the way, here's the cool thing that Mark Garrett, he was in my discipleship group, taught Josh this, is that while you can't go in and pronounce Jesus, if the students bring it up, then you're free. The door is open, and with all legalities, you can just talk to them about your story of what Jesus means to you if they bring it up first. How cool is that? Again, what are we teaching you guys? You're lo- as you go, looking for God to prepare people of peace to bring into your life, and as they speak, then you just step up to the plate, and you talk to them like you would about sports, the band, or whatever, except you talk to them about the one who really loved you and died for you and has made an eternal difference for you. All right, Rand. He's also in our public school, but I want to take you in a little different uh, realm and uh, Mr. History teacher here and uh, I want you to uh, uh, You've uh, God has opened the door for you to share with an old college friend. Uh, you went to school where in college? Uh, uh, I went to Elon University. Right, that's what I wanted to say. Google that because when he and so when he told me that, I was like, where in the world is that at? So, but it, anyway, Rand wound up on the East Coast for a while, met some folks that were not necessarily Bible Belt. He has an old college friend who's an atheist, and God has laid that on Rand's heart. And Rand has intermediate conversations with an atheist, old college friend, because what? God has brought this guy curious back into Rand's life, and he's just, as he goes, he's ready to share his faith. I don't 
I want to get into that, but what I do want you to get into uh, just for a second here is God has also made you available uh, to not only speak truth and hope into this guy, this atheist old college friend, but once a week you're in a Zoom meeting with a friend who is searching for God. Tell us a little bit about this guy's story and uh, how that's going. How old are you? Sorry, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> he, he is from a very prominent family in Atlanta and actually probably a very prominent family in, in Georgia. And, uh, but life just hasn't really turned out, I think, maybe like he thought it would or, or something. And I, I've been friends with him for a long time, and I noticed during the early part of this year, he has changed a lot and changed the wrong way. Um, he's depressed. Uh, he lives alone in um, another state. And so I, I don't really know why I thought about it. I just said, well, why don't we get together on once a week and do a Zoom Bible study? How would you feel about Love that? It. And he just he jumped at it. And <laughs> Some of our conversations, he's, um, well, he's, he, he's not been prepared <laughs> and, and showed up a little differently. Uh, and, uh, you know, we've just kind of worked through that, but he is, he's real excited about it now. And, and it has been going on since uh, March, maybe. Yeah. And it just uh, has evolved. And, I don't really know why I did it or how to do it. I just, I just kind of felt God saying, "Why don't you?" You know, all of His friends have abandoned Him, and He just said, "You know, why don't you reach out to Him and see what He says?" Like, okay. so, so basically, you made yourself available. That when God provi provided a divine opportunity, you were there to this dude that's struggling with abuse and all this kind of stuff, messed up, doesn't even come coherent sometimes to the Bible study. And he's doing a Bible study with a guy who sometimes may just be three sheets to the wind, to be honest with you, and all that. But you see, God loves that dude. God loves those students at Tupelo School. And God wants to love the people that's in your work, in your place. He's just simply saying, God use me where I'm at. Would you give the guys a round of applause, man? Awesome job. Appreciate that so much. And I want you to pray for that guy that Rand's witnessing to. Uh, Alan is online uh, watching with the, all the group in Mountain Grove, Missouri. And Alan is also in Lisa's school teacher. And uh, he told me this week on Thursday, he started something new there at the school. And he just says, if you if volunteer, if you want to go to their public school there in Mountain Grove, Missouri, and you just want to meet for a little prayer time and a Bible study uh, on Thursday mornings before class starts, would you come out? And, Mar and Alan said that uh, there in Missouri had 14 teachers that showed up that just wanted to meet together to have a word of Bible study and prayer. God is looking for you to be available to let him use you. Ordinary people leads into principle number two. Be alert that the divine opportunities for God to use me. That's what we're landing at here this morning is God wants you to be alert for divine opportunities for him to use you right where you're at. And so you're just praying. You're going to hear all about praying for divine opportunities into your life next week. You don't want to miss this. We're going to teach you the power of 
prayer and how it comes in to all of these stories that you guys have heard last week from Kimberly to Rand to Josh to Mark to all of you guys and, and he wants to use you and so what we're saying is is God doesn't want us to go through the streets uh, on our bicycle but what he's asking us to do as we live our lives God's going to bring people of peace into our life that are looking to that and so how do we respond we remember this verse he says to you and I all authority has been given to me in heaven and earth I want you to understand Jesus is the power that is providing the divine opportunities for you in other words he's not asking you to go up and just talk to people who've never heard he's preparing those people and we've missed this now listen to me real quickly this morning God is preparing people for you for you to speak into I was um, you heard Kimberly's testimony last Sunday man connect group study and not after my sermon, but what Kimberly shared. And you notice what Kimberly said that lit everybody up. I mean, all of our connect groups were talking last Sunday night. Is she used this phrase, I don't know all the verses. So I just go tell them about Jesus and invite them to church. And over 30 people, more, per, more than any person I know, she has brought to our church. She doesn't know the verses. She doesn't have a Bible college training. She just goes and tells them the divine opportunities that God is bringing into her life. And through one of those situations, I had a chance to lead a young man to the Lord out of that person that she invited. Now, you and I, the way we did church before is we would brag on, oh, the preacher did his job, or Kimberly was out there sharing her faith. But here's what y'all been missing. This is why we're not very good at this. That's not the glory of the story. A lady in our connect group last Sunday night shared, I think I know who you're talking about. The grandmother of that young man that you led to the Lord last week came into my clinic. And she said, um, she began to tell us about the guy that the preacher at Connect Church led to the Lord. She was tears streaming down her face. She goes, that's my grandson. And for 30 years, I've been praying for him to come to Jesus and to get saved and to have his life changed. You see, the glory of that story is not me. It's not Kimberly. It's that grandmother who was praying. Next Sunday, you don't want to miss the message on pray as you go. Because you see, the real glory is, is God just wants to use you to finish the deal he was already preparing that dude. I didn't do nothing, Jim, last week to lead that guy to the Lord. God was just trying to answer the prayers of that grandma. How many people will die and go to hell because you and I were not sensitive to the Holy Spirit like Kimberly or me in that situation to say, would you like to get saved? And you see, God wants to use us to answer grandma's prayers, but we're not being available to let God uses. Look for divine opportunities for God to close the deal. And number three, speaking of closing the deal, we'll get you guys out of here, is number three is be prepared for God to use me. Be prepared for God to use me. So you're saying, so we, how we start the sermon off, we told the story of me going to Bible college and scared to death and didn't like it and, and how the school trained me and equipped me in those first few days how to do this. And so here's what I want to say. I know some of you in the back of your mind, the reason you're still going to go out of here and not do all of this that we've talked about, you've got all authority in heaven, you've learned the biblical concept, we're not asking you to do a program, we're just saying God will go with you and some of y'all are still 
sitting here going, oh, he can't use me. Oh, I, I, I just can't do this. Let me give you the last part of this text, and here's what he's saying to you. You gain confidence through prayer next week, and you gain confidence through practice. In other words, you will get better at this as you pray and as you go, as you practice and you pray and you go, God is going to help you guys do all of this. For 30 years, let me tell you what it looks like. You guys got to practice this and you got to pray. And he's going to do extraordinary things to bring meaning and purpose into your life as you go. 30, um, for about 30 years, um, there's a niece in our family, Blends, in Blends' side of the family, one of my nieces. And uh, I've been praying over this young lady and uh, her family. And just never had a, you know, really deep, meaningful conversation with her. And, um, but I prayed for her every single week. Pray and practice. For 30 years, I prayed over my niece. And she's been through valleys and experiences that just blow your mind. And I was home a few weeks ago. Pray and practice. Pray and practice. 30 years every Monday, God has never given me an opportunity to speak into her life. 30 years. Pray and practice. A couple of weeks ago, I was home and working with my parents. Both had dementia. And I was just working my backside off, and it was it's just rough. In the middle of all of that, mine's a thousand miles away. The Holy Spirit speaks into me as you go, as you go, <laughs> speak Jesus. And so the Holy Spirit said, I want you to, you know, you're dropping stuff off your mom and dad. I know you're exhausted, and I know your mind's just frustrated with everything that's going on with your parents. But you know, it's not about you, it's about me. And so God said, and the Holy Spirit just said, I want you to go by and visit your niece and her new husband. And I'm like, I've never been to her house. I've never talked, and I was like, no, no, this is not a good time. I don't feel up to it. I'm, I just, my mind's at that. And the Holy Spirit just said, dude, I'm telling you now's the time. Because it's not about you, dude, and how you feel. It's about prepping her. It's about prepping the people. I'm going to bring people into your life if you'll just go. And so uh, Andrew was with me that particular occasion, and I said, we're going to go by, and we're going to visit her. And he goes, what? And I said, yeah. I said, I know we're busy with that, and we got a deadline to meet, but I'm just telling the Holy Spirit, said we're going to pop in. So we did. We, we told her, and we said we were going to stop by and just give us a glass of tea. It's hot, tired. So we walked into her house for the very first time. 30 years. And when I did, went through the door, she just lit me up. And she just told me, I know, Uncle Terry, that you're a preacher, but let me tell you what church and religion has done to me. And she told me about pastoral sexual abuse that went on in her church and her friends. And she worked for this guy, and while it didn't happen to her, she said it led me down a road of just watching the church cover that up back in the day. And she goes, I, I hate it. I hate preachers. I don't trust them. No, duh. And churches that shovel this stuff under the rug to save the church's name because they got to worry about their name. And she was bitter. And it was just spewing out. And when she got done, she looked at me and like, all right, dog, <laughs> what do you got to say about that? And you know what I did? Holy Spirit was just so over the room. I'm praying the whole time she's talking to Ernie. What do you say to that? And you know what I said? Tears streaming down my face. I said, I'm so sorry. 
because none of that should have ever happened. There's no way to defend that. The church was wrong. The preacher was wrong. Religion was wrong. And I said, I cannot excuse that. There's nothing to defend about that. You are exactly right, and I'm so sorry that all of that crap has happened in your life. But I know this, is Jesus is good. And Jesus is better than all of that. And I just began to tell her what God was doing in your all's lives. And I told her about what God was doing in this church and how that we just put down religion and tradition and we're just becoming transparent and realistic about how life sucks. And when I finished sharing with her the sarcastic, realistic version of what it is to follow Christ, not the pie in the sky, she just started crying. And she goes, thank you for caring. Because I was just broken. I was open. And instead of being mad and us fighting, we hugged. And I grabbed her husband and we hugged. And Andrew and I prayed over her. And it was such a move of God in that house. And she's promised to come down sometime maybe this fall. And just as she says, I got to see your church. I got to see if that really happens and what that's like. And you see, none of that ever happens if I'm not available. God, use me when I'm not ready, when I'm not prepared, and when I'm not equipped. Guys, he wants to bring divine opportunities into our lives. Pray and just practice it. I didn't have any words. I just simply said, I'm sorry, but Jesus is better. And that's all she needed to hear. So many people want to be helped and loved in your life if you'll just offer to pray and speak Jesus into their lives. Will you stand with me this morning? Your Heavenly Father, we love you today. We thank you for the opportunity to speak Jesus into people's lives. And God, today I pray that you encouraged us and challenged us, that you just want to use ordinary folks like us. Man, what a, what a season this has been. There's somebody out there you want us to bring to Tailgate Sunday. We've got the flyers. We've got the boxes here. Didn't even talk about them on my sermon table today. We've given our folks all the resources. Go pick up a box as you leave today. Take it to your neighbors. Tailgate cards are out there. Tanner's going to be posting online memes about the Tailgate Sunday. Share those. Guys, divine opportunities are going to be everywhere. You just got to begin to pray and then practice sharing your faith. If you need to come this morning and accept Jesus Christ as your Savior, maybe you want to pray, God, help me to use me. God, use me. These altars are open. Let's pray, God, use me as we sing. Thank you for listening to the Sermon Playback Podcast from Connect Church in Tupelo, Mississippi. Connect Church has two worship services on Sunday mornings at 9 a.m. and 1030. We sincerely hope you'll visit. For more information and details, or if you have any questions you'd like answered, please visit our website at www.triconnect.church. Again, that's www.triconnect.church.